Good morning, guys. It's Matt Whitmore, and once again, I'm here with the ever awesome Keris Marsden. Wagwan, Keris. Good morning. It's a cracking morning, in fact. We are here in a beautiful little cottage in the Kent countryside. We decided to just, uh, we thought, sod it. We're going to book four days out, although we have still been working. But uh, it's just nice to get away from London. And we are on this lovely little cottage on a farm, surrounded by green fields, sheep, trees, bushes. <laughs> All the things we rarely see in London. It's, it is beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. It's nice to be woken up by birds and sheep rather than the South Circular. And, and bears. Yeah. <laughs> that was our alarm clock this morning. <laughs> it's quite a pleasant way to wake up, actually. Yeah, it's nice to step it out into a field as well, lovely. Yeah, so the, these sheep are literally... On our doorstep. On our doorstep. So you, like, we come out our front door and you know we are just surrounded by sheep. And uh, I don't know if any of you saw the video we posted on the Fitter Food page of Hamish... And his first time seeing a sheep, he didn't quite know what to make of it, did he? No, they liked him though, didn't they? Yeah, it was quite funny because the sheep, when I went over to them, just legged it. But when 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 Hamish came out, they all come rushing over to see him. So I think he's made uh, he's made some new friends. But yeah, it was kind of a last minute thing, wasn't it, the Kent trip? But things have been a little bit crazy um, in the fitter food household. So we thought we just needed a bit of, bit of time out and a little bit of a break and. We've always said we're more productive when we're away from home on a work from our front door and, you know, we are just surrounded by sheep. And uh, I don't know if any of you saw the video we posted on the Fitter Food page of Hamish and his first time seeing a sheep. <laughs> he didn't quite know what to make of it, did he? No, they liked him though, didn't they? Yeah, it was quite funny because the sheep, when I went over to them, just legged it. But when, when, when Hamish came out, they all come rushing over to see him. So I think he's made a... Uh, He's made some new friends, but yeah, it was kind of a last minute thing, wasn't it? The Kent trip, but things have been a little bit crazy um, in the fitter food household. So we thought we just needed a bit of, bit of time out and a little bit of a break. And we've always said we're more productive when we're away from home on a work front, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. Just kind of you. remove ourselves from the, that environment that we're used to. I think the hard thing about working at home, we both said this, is like, it's so hard to implement structure. And especially with what we do, where um, I was chatting to some friends about the other day, when even cooking is, is part of what we do. Yeah. So you can almost down tools and start making something and justify it as work, but really <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting much further in your projects, as it yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes, you know, at the end of a day, yeah, you've, you've made a new recipe or you've done some research, I don't know, online and stuff, but you don't feel like you've moved on. Yeah. So just working at home can be so distracting, especially for us. So. It didn't get quite isolating as well, we say, don't we? Yeah. Definitely. You know, like it's because there's no interaction. And, and often, you know, say Keris is at college and I'm at home on my own, which to be fair at times is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it does get a little bit isolating. But I talk to the dog quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Who doesn't talk to their dog? That's what I want to know. But something I want to point out, though, is that, you know, we, we booked this trip because, you know, we wanted to do something for ourselves. And it's so important that you do stuff like just for you, I would say. And I put this in uh, the Fit of Food uh, page the other day. And I asked people, when was the last time you'd done something just for you? And did something. What did I just say? But on the page you wrote, when did you done something just for you? When was the last time you'd done something? Yeah, you did something. But that makes sense. <laughs> right, okay. But did you know what I meant? It's really bad grammar. Oh, God. Okay, the, ask the, ask the, anyone. It's did. The grammar cops here. Yeah. 
Carry on, sorry. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. You asked in the group, when was the last time you'd done something? Oh yeah, when was the last time you'd done something <laughs> just for you? And the, I mean, the, the, some of the responses were amazing. I think there's a lot of people now that do invest a bit of time and a bit of money in themselves. And, and obviously investing in yourself doesn't have to cost anything. No, not You know, I, I don't necessarily mean it needs to be that, that new jumper you saw or... And I think women are worse than men for this. What, spending money on material things? <laughs> no, as in what you just said. So women, um, actually that, that's wrong because women will go out and buy a piece of clothing or something so they invest in themselves that way. But they won't invest an hour in just switching off the phone, um, not being the friend, daughter, sister, mm. wife, you know, to anybody, but just being chilled out on their own, mm. watching whatever they want to watch, you know, being selfish, basically, yeah. I, I think, personally. No, I, I see what you're saying. Um, and I think I see that a lot in, in you, my mum and your mum, yeah. kind of always looking out for everybody else. Yeah. Always buying things for everybody else. But always. won't do anything for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And then... We've noticed this about our mums on their birthdays. They never seem that bothered about the presents. Even though you've like gone out of your way to get them a really great present. Yeah, because it's more important. They get more out of giving presents to other people. It's it's funny because, no, no, I totally agree. Like, do you remember this year? It was my my mum's 60th and I thought it's a big occasion. I need to get her something nice. Um... And, and my mum, like, she, she she likes dropping hints, doesn't she? Yeah. But they're so blatant, it's not true. <laughs> like, there, there's nothing subtle about it. And she kept making comments about an iPad <laughs> and how she'd love to be able to do her online shopping at home and this, that and the other. So I said to Keris, I was like, you know, hints watch, you know, <laughs> do you think That's I should get the about. iPad? And, and Keris agreed with me, the hints were there. So I got her a absolute top dollar iPad, like you know, top top gig, which is sixty four, I believe. I can't remember. Um, Don't look at me. And I, I got her the three G set up, which I was going to pay for. You know, I just get like a monthly thing. And I we were also going to take her to Brighton for the day because she wanted to go to Brighton and um, have fish and chips. <laughs> so I thought beautiful. So we'll start the day. I'll give her her iPad. She'll be over the moon. Then we'll jump on a train and go to Brighton. And she couldn't have been any more disappointed with the iPad. No, she? she didn't hide it either. And uh, it was very much a, why the hell have you bought me this iPad? <laughs> yeah. What gave you the impression that I wanted an iPad? It was like, oh, I don't know, Mum, the and then gazillion funny, hints. Because you persisted and persisted and said, just try it, have a go, try it. And, and she wasn't having it. And then <laughs> the day she came round and said, can I get on into that? I need to look up some wall yeah. prices. <laughs> and you were like, well, have you had an iPad? <laughs> But I suppose, you know, one thing I'd, uh, <clears throat> my mum is amazing at is being honest, and I do admire her for that. And I yeah, think, yeah, you know where you stand, that's yeah. for sure. I think it's something that I've kind of picked up from her, because sometimes you think I'm a little bit too honest, don't you? Yeah. But better to um, be honest than to lie, right? A bit more diplomatic at times. <laughs> but, <laughs> speaking of iPads, this is a really good... Um, oh, I've, uh, acute, I've acute something up here. you me something. I was reading art, a really amazing article in... It's actually a spiritual magazine. Um, oh, here we go. I know. I was um, I was on a train and it was the only thing I had on me. I'd just been to a conference and it was a uh, something on spirit, spirituality and meditation. I should have been reading it because it's the one area of life where I just still don't meditate. It's something I've got. To, it's on my list of things to do. Um, but uh, yeah, we were just talking about things, things to do just and, uh, for you. Just there, do, yeah, I need to do. I do need to invest in that. Um, but this, it did have one article on basically electromagnetic frequencies. So it was the impact of electronic devices on our health. 
And uh, did you know, this is absolutely amazing, that an iPad is classed as a probable human carcinogen by the World Health Organization. Which means what? It can, it, it, potentially a cancer-causing agent. So it was a good thing my mum didn't like the iPad. <laughs> You're trying to write her off early. If <laughs> <laughs> she knew. Yeah. I know his game. She knew all along. <laughs> you ain't getting rid of me that easy. Um, but yeah, the, the article was amazing and it was saying how... The worst thing we're doing at the moment is exposing kids to um, mobile phones and iPads and tablets. Because if you think about it, when we were kids, we never had any of this. So they still don't really know what the long-term effects of or exposure during childhood is to all of these new electrical devices that we are surrounded by. And I think obviously like the, the World Health Organization is quite worried and some other organizations are, are really worried. Um, and they've started to list you know, sort of things that we should be doing. But what surprised me was, you know, everyone goes on about microwaves, don't microwave your food. Yeah. Um, but mobile phones are, are way more, well, way more sort of dangerous in terms of um, health risks. And especially in terms of fertility, they were one of the biggest factors for uh, reducing fertility. I think it was by 30% was having your mobile phone. And I have actually, I did actually see this on this, on, uh, this morning with uh, Phil and Fern <laughs> oh, really? talking about how bad it is that men have laptops on their laps and it's yeah, but, reducing sperm count. But it's called a laptop for a reason, right? Because that's the idea of why they were invented. Yeah, but, but so many people are unaware that having this, um, I mean, they get really hot as well, don't they? But these yeah, um, yeah. electrical devices sat on your lap. Um, and what's really interesting was the, the article said the number one for most people um, device that you need to reduce exposure to is your mobile phone, of course, mm-hmm. because that's the one we have all the time. But did you know in your mobile phone manual, it says not to carry it on your body? Well, no one's ever read the mobile phone manual, so, so obviously not. So you need to keep it... What, what it says minimum two centimeters away from the body, which is not really anything, is it? So essentially, but you need to either hold it in your hand. No, or... it's on your body. It should always be in a bag. Right. I suppose a pocket might count, but yeah, but a pocket's kind of against your body. Against so your body, isn't it? Just maybe someone needs to invent a device where it like dangles off your person somewhere. A little, little pouch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, little little manly pouch. Little piece of string. Um, but another one was. Um, that are really bad apparently are cordless phones um which we've just got one in because we've got a landline when we've got internet yeah cordless phones and especially the base because the base emits um emfs all day long obviously around your house wi-fi um they were saying how terrible that is and you need to make sure that it's not anywhere near the bedroom and that you switch it off at night the tough thing with Wi-Fi, though, is you, you, you're surrounded by I it. know, we're in a block with about 10. Yeah, it's really <laughs> Wi-Fi routers and it whatnot. It really makes you think, because they said actually go back and get a cable router, if you can, which would drive us mad, do you know, working at home. Oh, wow. we'd, just, we'd just split up, going probably. Back, <laughs> going back in time. Exactly. And then another thing was, um, it gives you some really great tips, but it says that if you are if you use BT Wi-Fi provider, yeah. did you know that even when you turn off your Wi-Fi, they turn your Wi-Fi back on to use it for their free hotspots without you even knowing. Uh, so they, I don't know how they do it. Don't ask me that. I don't even, don't even I'm know. I'm looking into that. <laughs> no, exactly. We're not BT though, are we? But so. the thing is though, like that realistically, no, no one, like we, in today's society, we need Wi-Fi, we need phones, we need laptops, maybe tablets and whatnot are, are a nice to have, but they're going to be there. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the guideline tips were um, uh, for definitely for kids, it's saying it said reduce exposure for kids. So even things like Xboxes and stuff like that. So if your kid is getting up 
I mean, there's been stories. Do you remember the little boy who had the um, tumour at, um, uh, I think it was last Christmas, who whose mum didn't want him to have chemo? Yeah, that's right, yeah. He slept uh, with the Wi-Fi box just above his head. So wow. obviously, like, where, where they're saying where you sleep is really important. Get all electrical equipment out of your bedroom. You know, obviously, it's, if you're in a flat, it's not going to be easy, but still, you could make sure you haven't got your yeah, mobile yeah. phone at your head, you know, by your head. Switch off your Wi-Fi at night. Probably don't have a cordless phone. Don't put your mobile phone against your body. And then increasingly, there's... If you go on a website called uh, Detox Your World, mm -hmm. they are tiny little devices you can stick on your phone that help to decrease the amount of the electromagnetic frequencies that are emitted. I think they're like copper, tiny little copper like magnets almost. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me how they work, yeah, but, uh, but you can put them, you get, they're called Wi-Fi dots and you put one on your phone, you can put one on your laptop um, and obviously then you could put, we've actually got um, salt lamps as well. Yeah. Um, so salt lamps, again, help to sort of, I think they ionise, I, I need to try and understand this a little bit more, but I think they ionise the air, so again, decrease the effect of electromagnetic frequencies. So we have them on our bedside table and in our lounge yeah, room. Yeah, but they actually look really nice, though. Oh, they're amazing. They're really relaxing, Especially at night, yeah. Like yeah. a really kind of cosy light. You are supposed yeah. to put them next to your laptop. So you work with it next to your laptop. And then obviously as a guy, don't be putting... Oh, as a woman, I wouldn't put your laptop on your lap. So um, sit at a desk and put it on a desk. Or stand at a desk. Or stand at a desk, yeah. If you want to work standing up, which you're supposed to do as well now. <laughs> but the um, the whole, you know, because most people traditionally keep the phone, you know, men and women, in their pocket, right? Yeah. In their trouser pocket, right next to their testicles and yep. the ovaries. Well, the ovaries aren't in your trouser pocket. Well, they're not down there on your legs. No, but they're, yeah, they're but they near are, it. Well, for a woman, yeah, because be pockets fair, are normally you know, for women. But your testicles ain't in your pocket, <laughs> You know, so <laughs> let's not be too literal. <laughs> no. no, you're right. But no, exactly. Uh, like if you're putting it in your, I think a big thing for women was increased. Uh, there's an increased association of breast cancer and carrying the phone in. Because obviously you have like, like chest, pocket. chest pockets and things like that. Um, and obviously handbags, which go over your shoulder in a sitting around chest area. And as much as I say all this, when I had a, my, when I was using my phone to track my steps, I was using a walking app. Yeah. God, I just used to hold it in my hand all the time. Yeah, but to um, be fair, I'd probably say holding it in your hand is a darn sight better than... Well, that's really against your body, isn't it? Isn't, so... there, isn't there a case you can get for your phones, though, that reduce... I don't actually know. I've only seen the Wi-Fi dots. Because that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm, to be fair, though, I'm surprised. That, in fact, I'm not surprised because I'm sure that if they wanted to, the phone companies and, and et cetera could put something in them that reduces yeah. uh, the amount of, like... Um, Whatever you call them. <laughs> Electromagnetic frequency. <laughs> That's the word. Well, um, the other thing was it, that was interesting was, I wonder if when you put it in airplane mode, um, because what I was about to say was, I've also been reading about um, a lot of people recommending that you delete your email and Facebook off your phone because it's not healthy to be online 24-7. Mm. And we are becoming a nation of, we're like, if you look, we look like drones just walking around, just True, looking at our phones all the time. No wonder people have got neck issues. There's, there's nothing more annoying when someone's walking along the street engrossed in their phone and has just no idea what's going on in front of them. And I intentionally don't move out of the way because <laughs> I think it's hilarious when they like just bump, bump in. into me and they get the shock of their life. Well, have you ever looked in a queue in a shop? Everyone instantly goes down onto their phones yeah. in a queue. But that's normally out of boredom. Yeah, no, they're completely... But, but what um, a lot of people are saying is, is, one, how unhealthy this is, and then obviously stressful things come through, like 
you know emails criticisms on <clears throat> facebook of what you just posted or something so a lot of people are no saying, one liked my post <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no one likes me <laughs> and then emails come through you know and, and, and emails that is supposed to be this is your time out you yeah know, you're walking you're on a break the street. or whatever yeah. yeah so for me i listen to a lot of music and podcasts on my phone so i wouldn't leave my phone at home you know even if i had on airplane mode but what i'm wondering is if you put it on airplane mode is it better then the but the one the another thing the article said that was really interesting. But then, is if, what, if you have it on airplane mode, what's the point in having a phone? Because if I want to listen to my music and podcasts, which are on there, yeah. other than having several devices, because I'm yeah, I'm sure yeah. an iPod, which I'm, I don't we'll know do if that. anyone even has them anymore, yeah, will st- do the same. Will it? I don't know. I really yeah, don't. no, of course it would. Well, no, because it's not trying to signal anywhere, is it? It's not trying to. I don't know. Anyway, it said that in an area where the signal is poor, your exposure is worse because the phone works at full power. So that's not. Well, speaking of, and we are in the middle poor, of poor, poor signal <laughs> yeah. area. We we are in one now. But I was going to say it's actually been quite nice because most places that we've been have had zero signal, zero three G internet, whatever. Yeah. But and at first it is a bit like, oh, especially if we said we wanted to do a little bit of work, maybe get some emails done, yeah, etc. It is it is a bit frustrating. But then when it's out of your hands and you just completely step back, it's actually been lovely because we haven't. Checked our phones. No one can call us. And it's and, funny. Who, and it who gives you a bit of a. It reminds you a little bit of how it once was. Yeah, I do. So we were talking to a friend of ours the other day, uh, Coach Darren D, and we were talking about phones. And I was saying how I actually come to like really hate my phone sometimes yeah. because I pick it up and I can see missed calls, I can see emails, I can see Facebook notifications, and I am terrible for checking messages. Really terrible. <laughs> and he would say the similar thing, like sometimes you just prefer to decide when you want to get in touch with people and yeah. that's what internet and Facebook used to be because you go to a computer and do it. Yeah. And now suddenly, like I said, you're available 24-7 and you start to resent it. And yesterday, I mean, because the signal's so bad, I just left my phone and it was really nice. The only time I think I actually went to go on it was um, to look for a shop, like when we were like, oh, is there a Sainsbury's here or yeah, something? Yeah. Like, we need to go and get some stuff. Um, and we, we needed a phone. So you do rely on them for certain things and they're handy. But I think it's really nice. And I do, I'm debating, deleting, definitely Facebook off my phone. Maybe not. Um, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not as good as you anyway. You're really hot on social media. But uh, I'm just keeping emails on my phone. I think it might be, it might work better for me. I'd be more productive. Do you reckon? Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's see it. Let's see this added productivity. <laughs> I'll be right. monitoring. I'll, I'll be the judge of that. Um, so, guys, uh, in episode 14, awesome episode coming up, as always. And uh, we're going to call this episode What Keras Learned. practicing that all morning <laughs> <laughs> um yeah guys so uh keris mentioned earlier she's been to this conference that conference seminars here seminars there and listening to i've been to that many you make it sound like <laughs> just well, I lose track with around you. the world conferences you, you, you're always here there and everywhere you're not you're not having an affair are you <laughs> <laughs> that's what you tell me oh, i'm going to a conference yeah. oh yeah you know, I believe when that. When would I fit that in? This is true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Keris has been to a few different conferences, and as always, she's always getting her learn on. So we figured we'd use this episode for her to, to share some of this newfound knowledge and stuff that she has found interesting. And as always, I'm going to intervene here and there and ask her 
a few questions, play devil's advocate at times because she likes it when I do that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. I mean, Keris has always given, already given me a brief of the stuff that she's learning. She always does when she comes back from these things. She's like, oh, let me tell you what I've learned today. <laughs> and I'm like, go on then. Got to go an earphone in one ear. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sort of, you, you look interested for a little while. And I can so tell when you've gone, because you, you've usually got your laptop nearby and you're listening to me and you're going, really? Oh, wow. That's, oh, really? Really? And then I see your eyes like drift down towards the screen of the laptop and I just go, right, you're not listening anymore. And storm <laughs> Well, off. sometimes you ask me a question <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. And you're like, no, I asked you a question. Yeah, that's and I'm like, oops, <laughs> I've been rumbled. <laughs> yeah, you did that yesterday. <laughs> the game's up. Right, so, Keris, talk to us. What's been going on? So I attended a conference by the Western A. Price Foundation, which I encourage everyone to look up their website and get familiar with their work. Yeah. Um, that was a couple of weeks ago. I was quite excited because I've never been before because it always... We wanted to go last year, didn't you? Um, well, a couple of years ago, I was trying to go. It always falls on a weekend yeah. tend to have plans. I don't think they're in London every single year. Um, it's, it's so funny because there was once a time when I would treat Keris to Coldplay tickets as a present, <laughs> yeah. whereas yeah. now if I buy a ticket to a Western A. Price convention, she, she's just as excited. <laughs> In fact, the other day, actually, I'll just get this one, is uh, I Keris was moaning at us. Our herb and spice cupboard was just out of control, yeah. which it kind of was. We had like four of this, six of everything else, and yeah, we it was like just it was crazy. Five gingers. <laughs> so uh, I thought, right, I'm going to clear all the old stuff out and I'm going to buy all organic uh, herbs and spices <laughs> and, and like as a gift to Keris, right? I mean, no no bloke would ever probably buy their, their, their girlfriend herbs and spices as a <laughs> present, but I knew she would love it. And she was over the moon. Like, I'd never seen anything it was like it. Steenberg's, like my favourite brand of spices. Amazing, and which and they're non irritated as well, right? All organic, yeah. Well, they were, yeah, yeah. Because all supermarket herbs, which you probably mentioned this to most people, I'd been reading about how supermarket herbs are irritated, which to make them last longer. If you look, like obviously spices last for years anyway, but even yeah. the herbs. Um, and I was reading about the effect they have on the body, and there's a bit of a concern that it might be, you know. Anyway, won't go into detail, but a bit not great for us. Um, and so I mentioned that to you and I was getting frustrated with you because you get an idea for a recipe and then you'd nip off to Sainsbury's or the co-op to get the spices and then we just had millions of these spices which I'm sure were irritated. So, and we already had them. Yeah, and we already I had just them. just couldn't find them. So yeah, so I got home and it was like Sarah Jessica Parker opening the wardrobe to, I don't know. A new Chanel dress. Or, or like, no, I was going <laughs> to say like 20 pairs of uh, what the shoes she loves. God, that's, I'm so not a woman that I should know that. The shoes she has. The famous brand of shoes that she loves on Sex and the City. The thing is, what's wearing is I probably know. Yeah, you probably do. Manolo's or whatever they are, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, there, that's my spice cupboard. I should take a picture and put it on Facebook. So back to Western. Price. <laughs> so Western Price is, um, it was started um, basically because there was a dentist called Dr. Westenay Price, who did a lot of work in the, um, around the sort of 1930s, so quite a while ago, uh, looking at, he was one of the first people to link nutrition with the, the health of your teeth, um, and to look at what was causing things like cavities, and what was causing teeth to all go out of line, and um, what's the technical term for that? 
wonky. Crooked. Yeah, crooked teeth. And then obviously things like having to need have you know like when your teeth are literally disintegrating, needing fillings and root canals and teeth falling out. Yeah. So he um, did quite a lot of investigation, and what was interesting was he actually went and travelled a lot and looked at really sort of he looked at Western civilizations and then. Um, sort of underdeveloped traditional cultures who were still very much having a traditional diet. Mm-hmm. And he made this massive link <clears throat> between people who have, you know, sort of poor dental health and the consumption of flour, sugar, and industrial seed oils. So that's right. things like vegetable oils, you know, the high omega 6 uh-huh. ones that we want to avoid. Uh, one of the first people ever to do this, so, uh, you know, like revolutionary, way ahead of his time, you can still buy his book on Amazon. It's called Nutrition and Degenerative Diseases. And he got shouted down by, obviously, because at the time people were like, um, you know, these this, this new way of eating, these new processed foods were, you know, again, just in many ways deemed healthy. And he really had to sort of fight his corner. And actually, I think it's only um, since his passing and other people have picked up his work that everyone's come to really understand how amazing the, the work he did was. And if you Google Dr. Weston A. Price and put it into Google Images, you'll see the pictures of the different um, cultures that he explored. Yeah. And you'll see these, um, you know, traditional sort of um, cultures who had these beautiful teeth and uh, no uh, dental uh, cavities yeah. and things like no that. No deformities. Yeah, and then he compares it to the populations that have moved on to eating flour-based products. And it's, it's quite disturbing, actually, isn't it? Well, like he, the difference. What he actually said, which is really interesting, was it was actually affecting the entire structure of your face. Yeah. And that's why your teeth were becoming um, uh, so out of line. And that's why everyone needs braces these days. Well, didn't you say something that about, like, you, you, you know, I know you're talking about the teeth, but was it he that said about, you know, humans are actually meant to be... Because if you look at other animals, like, they're actually pretty symmetrical. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. humans were the same, yeah. you know, whereas now, you know, you see people with... Like one eye lower than the other. <laughs> yeah, that's what he you said. You know what I mean? He said the entire skull is being affected by the changes in our nutrition. And what's really amazing is what he linked it back to was this massive lack of fat-soluble vitamins. So vitamin A, D, E and K, mm. which traditionally we would have eaten in things like um, raw dairy, organ meats, um, and then by eating the whole animal. So not just like, you know, the breast of a chicken. We would eat all of the, the bones um, we, you know, we don't we eat all the the collagen and yeah. all the dark meat and the the light meat, um, and we stopped sort of doing that in these in, in these westernized cultures. Another thing that was uh, really interesting was he he noted like the importance of the mouth because you know how you can take sublingual medication where you put stuff under your tongue and it actually goes straight into the bloodstream. Right. And he was saying how getting bacterial infections in the in the gums and in the um, even sort of in your teeth. Um, can actually cause chronic inflammation and, um, you know, sort of infections in the gut and all sorts. And now they do know that's why you are supposed to floss mm-hmm. because um, of this fact that they've actually identified that bacteria in the gums and gum disease is now really strongly linked to heart disease because things get uh, bacterial and viral infections can go into the body sublingually through the, the, through the mouth, as it were. And lots of people do mention, and I'll totally second this, that when they have root canals, like they suffer quite badly for it afterwards. Wow. Um, because, again, I mean, his thing was get it out. Don't even have a root canal or anything like that. Like get those sorts of, get the infection out and, and let the gums just heal yeah. over, I think, I'd imagine. And obviously uh, the other thing was things like mercury fillings, um, how bad it was. Do you remember the, I mean, you told me this about um, the story of a Mad Hatter. Yeah. So that phrase, well, you, you can tell everyone where the phrase Mad Hatter comes from. 
Yeah, so, well, from what I know, probably going, that's wrong, <laughs> yeah. um, is way back in the day, you know, when guys used to have their, like, top hats and whatnot, when they used to have their hats cleaned, they used to use mercury to kind of, like, clean up the hats and bring out, like, a nice kind of shiny, polished finish. And obviously the mercury, when these guys would, uh, you know, wear, wear the hats on their head, the mercury would get absorbed through the skin. And obviously mercury is linked to sending people a bit... Loopy. Loopy, hence the expression mad as a hatter. Ta da! <laughs> so, how, how insane is it that we put mercury in our teeth when we know that. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a little bit of a highway into the body. So, um, big thing that they emphasize is uh, holistic dentistry, they call it. Um, I am yet to find, and I, I really do need to find one, um, a good holistic dentist. Um, if, if anyone knows, we did find one in uh, Port Talbot, didn't yeah. we? When we... Yeah, but he, he weren't from Port Talbot, though, was he? We, no. were, we were at a seminar. Uh, I need to get his details again. That's the only one I found in that somebody who would work with you in terms of getting mercury fillings removed. And, Placing them with like. Um, yeah, well, I think the option is usually ceramic or porcelain. Porcelain's ceramic, I don't know. And also, um, and yeah, just for also the importance of, for me, once I learnt all that, um, I mean, obviously I brush my teeth anyway, but um, I've switched to an electric toothbrush um, mm. to make sure that I brush my gums properly. I don't think you can beat an electric toothbrush. You I, can. I do. Matt, uh, by the way, everybody brushes his teeth for about 10 minutes and that's no lie. Um, but when was the last time I went to the dentist? But you do have amazing teeth. Oh, that's not a sign of good... Never That's not a sign. Of, yeah, that's not a sign of good tooth health that you've not well, been to the dentist. It's good if you went and they didn't do any work. Yeah, but I've, I've had no need to go to the dentist. And actually, actually, the, the last time I went to the dentist wasn't She did even, no work, yeah. She did no work, but the only reason I went is because I chipped my tooth playing rugby because yeah. stupidly... I forgot to put my gum shield in. It was still tucked in my sock. Okay. Um, so <laughs> protecting your ankle. So no, no, like you, you just stick it in your sock, like before you actually play. But I actually forgot to put it in, and I had a chipped tooth. So she uh, put a cap on my tooth, even though that's since fallen off. Yeah. And I can't be able to get it done again. But she even commented. She said, "You have got some uh, some of the cleanest teeth I've ever seen." I know. I second so that. There. I second that. And I, my thing is. I don't, I'm just knackered at night when I'm brushing my teeth and I should probably brush my teeth at about five o'clock when I'm a bit more like, anyway, but I've noticed that getting an electric toothbrush, because obviously it times you and tells you how long you should be brushing for and uh, an our floss, um, and I spoke to my dentist about this and she said, realistically, as long as you're doing it about three times a week, she said every day would be brilliant, especially at the end of the day, but realistically three times a week. Because as the saying goes, you don't have to floss all your teeth, just the ones you want to keep. Oh, really? <laughs> that was on the... I just, saw just the front two. <laughs> the ones you see. Yeah. And then the other thing I started doing uh, was I was reading about uh, mouthwashers and I've now got a really good one actually by Desert Essence that's tea tree and mint uh, mouthwash and I'm using that regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that Because the other thing is I sleep sometimes with my mouth open. Um, ever since having flu about three years ago, I've noticed that I sleep with my mouth open did something to my nose I don't know what anyway um so I try and make my mouth like an antibacterial environment at night but I did also uh, I've read things like um just swilling coconut oil around your teeth and gums can be really nice and protective so I've started yeah, to rub coconut oil is very antibacterial yeah I actually put a few drops of tea tree oil in mine and then rubbed it all around my gums and teeth she does it as a sure. deterrent as well so yeah. like I, you know, <laughs> I'm not starting to me. try and give her a 
a kiss as she's got all this <laughs> coconut grease all around her mouth. <laughs> I actually started putting that, like, um, um, like in, whenever I've got, like, an infection or um, a spot or anything, I just put that uh, coconut oil and a blob of tea tree on it at night now as well. Yeah, very useful tip there. But back to <laughs> Dr. Westnay Price. Anyway, so this guy, and, and um, one of the things he identified was this deficiency of fat-soluble vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um but particularly um, uh, in terms of our bone health, he noticed that vitamin A, yeah. um, vitamin D, and vitamin, um, what he called actually at the time activator X, because he didn't know what it was. Um, and then that's now been identified since as vitamin K2, which we talk about quite a bit. And these three vitamins, so A, D, and K2, all work quite synergistically in terms of regulating our bone health. Yeah. So p- people that have got things like osteoporosis or you know they're often quite um obsessed with calcium um and actually that's not because we don't eat the animal foods we used to eat we are lacking sometimes in calcium but it's actually those three vitamins that we should should but quite that's the misconception on. isn't it people think you know they can go to the shop pint of milk some cheddar cheese whatever yeah oh this is full of calcium yeah dairyly yeah yeah dairyly. Full, of, full of calcium I mean, they're, and they're not great sources of calcium. And in actual fact, I mean, they do contain calcium. But and also supplementing with calcium, I've heard different things. But generally, I don't advise it. It tends to be more magnesium, um, yeah. which again is is important for bone health. Um, and actually, try and get the calcium more through drinking. Um, I mean, we drink bone broth, bone broth, yeah, um, quite a lot. And we can get magnesium from that as well. But what was really interesting about K two is still today people are really lacking in um, K2. Um, and so now there's not even, as a vitamin, K2 doesn't even have an RDA, like a recommended daily allowance, yeah. because it's so new. Again, I find that remarkable that the government's out there preaching guidelines to us when they don't even know that this um, vitamin really existed where it, you know, and, and the role that it plays. And just like vitamin D, hugely, hugely important for calcium regulation in the body, they now think that's a hormone, not a vitamin. So, you know, there's so much new information coming out and people are still sticking to the old sort of guidelines when really, um, you know, science is moving forward. So it's always good to check in with a, with a nutritionist. The foods that the Western A. Price Foundation emphasise us to have on a regular basis are quite different to what the government or, you know, the sort of standard government um, guidelines are. So, for example, they're huge on um, eating lots of egg yolks. So whereas the government's saying you know, lower consumption of cholesterol, not very good for your health. Um, obviously, Weston A. Price are there saying, God, like for fertility, women should be having five egg yolks a day because um, egg yolks are like a multivitamin packed with nutrients. Yeah. Um, really big on, obviously, butter. Huge emphasis on raw dairy. Um, what was great about the conference was in the exhibition area was all these um, dairy farmers with raw dairy products. But the food at the conference was, um, you could have kefir, which is fermented milk. Yeah. You could have lots of raw cheeses and then with gluten-free biscuits. I mean, the Weston A. Price Foundation do um, advocate eating grains. That's where they differ slightly from paleo um, movements. But what they do talk about is the preparation of grains. I suppose what I should mention is a woman called Sally Fallon sort of picked up the Weston A. Price way of thinking and turned it into a nutrition movement in, um, I think it was then in the 1990s. So she continues to run Weston A. Price Foundation's doing conferences all over the world um, and also she writes a lot of books she's got an amazing book called nourishing traditions where she talks about how different um, practices with food have existed for years like making stock has existed for a reason yeah uh, and it stood the test of time in most cultures for a reason in that it provides amazing amounts of, of vitamins and minerals nutrients like magnesium calcium also amino acids 
like glutamine and glycine, which really nourish our guts. So that's yeah. why you have chicken soup for the soul when you feel sick and it helps boost your immune system. So she goes around and, and, and with her book, she talks about how we need to go back to the kitchen and start preparing foods properly. And they do advocate grains, but they talk about how traditionally cultures would have soaked and rinsed grains mm-hmm. for days. So if you did want to have rice, it was soaked for like two days and then, then rinsed and then rinsed again and then cooked for eight hours. Same for lentils. I think I cooked lentils according to her book um, and it was eight hours you soak your lentils for. Then I thought, I can't remember how long I boiled Jeez. them for, but it's ages. And I, <laughs> and this is where, for me, I tend to step out of the this this way of food, the eating, because I just don't have the patience for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and they tell you how to make things like sourdough bread, um, which is fermented for 24 hours. So at the conference, there's loads of sourdough breads and things like that. That's, as I've mentioned before, the only, I don't eat bread, but that would be the only bread that I would eat or advocate sourdough. eating sourdough bread. That's made traditionally. So they, um, they're very big on um, sort of supplemental foods like um, organ meats. So I'm trying to get organ meats in, into your nutrition two, three times a week. One thing she mentioned, which um, uh, didn't make sense, but I don't know why I've not really thought about it, was um, caviar, fish eggs, especially for women trying to get pregnant and for pregnant women. And she said, um, this, this is Sally Fallon, when her daughter was pregnant, she ordered her uh, boxes of caviar every month. So she said, like, most mums are sending their daughters, you know, like um, a new cart or teddy bears and stuff. And she was sending a caviar and she said, the cheapest caviar is fine because it's all about the nutrients that are in the eggs that you want. And eggs tend to be so packed with, um, you know, vitamins, minerals, really healthy fats and protein. So interestingly, we went into the supermarket and I got um, just the John West caviar, which is about one ninety nine. It is really cheap. And she said, just have a spoonful of that a day. Oh, it's really strong stuff, man. Well, I confess I didn't eat it. I gave it Hamish. <laughs> <laughs> put it on his biscuits. I ate some and it tucked right here. <laughs> Jesus got it right. It's a nasty surprise. But we did at Christmas do new potatoes with creme fraiche and um, caviar, caviar and that it was, was nice. No, that was lovely. Yeah. That, that was really nice. But he had obviously a bit of a combo of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think if we, we need to find some recipes where we can get some fish eggs in, definitely. Um, because it was cheap and it, it's so nutritious. Yeah. Just like tin sardines. The, the big emphasis for them, for K2 as well, is on eating things like cheese um, and uh, the highest sources of K2 um, in terms of the types of cheese, Gouda, hard goat's cheese, brie and Edam were up there for one of the best sources of K2 in your nutrition. Oh. And one thing I learned, which I didn't know from talking to a, a dairy farmer, was that when you make, uh, when you boil your butter to make ghee, um, he thinks he, you actually destroy quite a lot of the K2. Mm, um, so K2, so ghee is not a great source of K2. It could be wrong. I don't know. I'd have to look into it a little bit more. And also you would destroy the CLA, which is the conjugated linoleic acid when you make it into ghee, because it's a more of a, you're removing it during the heating process. So ghee is great because it makes the fat more stable. So great for high temperature cooking. Yeah. And it boils off the lactose. So great if you're lactose intolerant, but you're removing a couple of nutrients. So raw butter be so if you're if you're okay with dairy then raw butter would be um good yeah uh, well as good i'd have the two to be honest yeah. um i actually brought three blocks of raw butter and then left them on the train <laughs> on the way home i was gutted so and also for vegetarians natto um is a fantastic source of k2 and natto is fermented soya right and what's so funny you might remember this i brought some home about two years ago of natto because i'd been in a lecture on on the benefits of fermented soya and I think do you remember it was like it looked like fungi 
<laughs> That's how I can put it. And we, we ate a little bit and it was just disgusting. And your oh. mum your mum was nearly sick I and we, no idea we threw it away. About. But the, the the presentation I wanted to talk about, which was which was really amazing, was one by a guy called Chris Masterjohn. Okay. And he is referenced in our book like three, four times because he's become a bit of a cholesterol expert and talks about the benefits of cholesterol for health. Yeah. Um, especially egg yolks. So he's one of the guys that said, you know, let's quit these egg white omelettes. We're throwing away the most nutritious part of the egg. And I was really excited about watching him speak. He was actually amazing, like a really great speaker. Uh, really took it to a biochemical level, but then brought it back to like, you know, like um, he was actually doing the effect of nutrition on your personality and your mood. Um, so, you know, when you're constantly going, oh, so that's why I'm like that. Yeah. So it was just really <laughs> clever the way he did it. And I'm going to try and simplify some of the things he explained, but he used to be a vegetarian. Um, and this week I've had three emails off vegetarians about health issues that they have and yeah. whether or not they should consider not being vegetarian. And it's difficult because, as we said with Emma last week, you've got to consider what are your reasons for being a vegetarian? Yeah. You know, are they ethical? Like, is it the principle of being a vegetarian or is it because you think it's healthy? Yeah. But with all three of them, I went back with a reply and sort of said, you know, clearly your health is not really thriving, you know, mm -hmm. in, in eating this way. But he used to be a vegetarian. And what he noticed was um, he was at university studying history and working in a, um, the university kitchen. And basically his teeth started falling out. And he went to the dentist. Jesus. And so vegetarian, considers himself quite healthy. And his teeth are just falling apart. And he has to have root canal and all sorts of stuff. And uh, he said to the catering manager at the kitchen, how is this? I'm vegetarian, I'm healthy. And the catering manager told him to go and get Dr. Westerner Price's book, Being a Dentist, and, uh, and read about nutrition and degenerative diseases. So he got this book and that just basically sort of launched him into what he does now and he's got a PhD in nutrition and he's mm -hmm. just an expert in this field. Um, it's quite an amazing story because he said it coincided with him also starting to suffer with anxiety issues. To the point where... But when he was vegetarian. Yeah, he couldn't get into his car. So he was getting like a fear of driving. Um, and, and sort of, he'd always had a bit of OCD, but he said it was becoming so exaggerated that it was starting to affect his life. Like it would really sort of take over him a little bit. And so he started to read a bit more into this once he got the Dr. Westerner Price book. And now the, the talk that he did at the conference was about um, how food affects your mood. Um, yeah. But really, uh, in, a, in a way that I've never heard it um, presented before, because he talks about how um, we have a brain chemical called dopamine. Um, mm -hmm. You've heard of dopamine. I have. So dopamine is responsible for what we call reward-motivated behaviour. So often it's the dopamine is, is the thing that we, when we look forward to something, we become a bit, we're a bit of a dopamine chaser. Right, that's right. Um, yeah. So things like, um, you know, like coffee and chocolate and, and cocaine and things like that will... And increased levels of dopamine in the brain give us what we call a dopamine hit. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about this when we do our um, online plans, when we do our seminars, that we've all become a little bit addicted to dopamine and wanting that dopamine hit. Anyway, what he actually talks about is that you've got two types of dopamine. Um, you've got tonic and you've got phasic. Um, tonic is basically like a calm sea in your mind and it's responsible for stability, so mental stability. Right. Phasic is more like a wave that comes in of like new information, right. um, which again, we all, all through the day when so like you're sat trying to do some work, new information comes in all the time, your phone goes off, um, the doorbell rings, do you know what I mean? Like, there's always new information. Yeah. And uh, so phasic dopamine is like your ability to update, reset, and, and sort of gate new information. Does that make sense? Yeah. Are you still with me? I'm with you. So basically we need like a really good balance of the two. Um, because if we have too much of one, so if we have too much of the phasic dopamine, the waves coming in, 
we're almost like hyper aroused all the time and we can't sit down and concentrate. Okay. Um, and if we have too much stable dopamine, we're very rigid in our thinking, very inflexible, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. The best way I can explain this in a bit more detail is you have too much, because genetically, you probably have too much of one or the other, mm-hmm. and we're predisposed to that. And you have too much phasic dopamine, and I have too much tonic dopamine. So we're like the perfect match. Yeah. And he also calls them warriors and warriors. The thing is, though, when you told me that I was a warrior, I was a bit like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like well, he said that, actually. He said, interestingly, which one do you think would be the worst? And I put my hand up and said, the warrior, because that's me. Um, and by the way, just to make this clear, when we're saying warrior, we mean as in W-A-R-R-I-O-R, and that's warrior. Man. Yeah. Because they sound the same when you actually say them. Well, when you say them, yeah. And warrior, as in W-O-R-R. I-E-R. He said, well, you'd think that, wouldn't you? But the, the, no, you don't want to be either. You don't want to be the extremes of either. Um, so you don't want to be like this hyper-aroused person all the time. Because he said, in a day, you have around, it's estimated, 16,000 thoughts. And if you have too much phasic dopamine, yeah. um, all these new thoughts come in, you'd never get anything done. Yeah. Does that make sense? You'd be hyper-aroused all the time. But it's interesting, though, because I find that I have days where... I just cannot concentrate because yeah. my mind is going at 100 mile an hour and yeah, I'm thinking yeah. this needs to be done, that needs to be done. Oh, no, no, look at this. Whereas other days, I'm just perfectly capable of just blocking out everything and nailing exactly what I need to do. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you've definitely probably got elements of both, but there's well, probably a good reason why. Yeah, he actually says you want, he said, imagine a seesaw, you want a balance of both and that will give you robust mental health. But the problem is, so for him... He was more of a warrior. And mm-hmm. what was happening was, and I'll, I'll link this back to nutrition in a second, is he discovered how nutrition was impacting on that. In his case, nutrient deficiencies right. were making him more and more of a warrior because a series of chemical reactions take place which create that balance. And foods that play a big role in that. But what was interesting was when he was talking about the warrior, he said warriors are basically very prone to negative thinking, find it very hard to free themselves from negative thoughts, love studying... Um, very good studiers because of this that nice mental stability and I was just thinking god that's me <laughs> like that, that like that you know just yeah, due to a team. yeah basically um and then uh, but then when he was talking about the warriors he was saying you know another thing to think about is I think it was I he related it back to men and sex and how many times men think of sex and said, so you can see how this can go horribly wrong if you've got all these sexual thoughts yeah, yeah and yeah. you're trying to sit down and write um, you know, an essay or I don't know whether you're trying to do that day, an article or a feature and you have all these thoughts coming in, these waves of um, sexual thoughts. So it just, it just made me laugh. But basically the foods that control, um, so like it's like a, a, a chemical reaction that takes place in the body and we recycle a lot of nutrients to make sure that we've got enough tonic dopamine and phasic dopamine. Right. And the nutrients that we need are, one is the amino acid methionine, Um, And good source of that are basically things like salmon, um, chicken, eggs. Um, Then we need um, nutrients that are really involved in all the chemical reactions are mainly the B vitamins, B12 and folate. Mm -hmm. Uh, B12 is only in animal products. So as a vegetarian, you're going to struggle. struggle. Um, And folate, again, tends to be from dark green leafy vegetables. um, So most vegetarians will be able to get those. Another nutrient that's really important in all of this is glycine. Um, And glycine is an amino acid, so from protein. Um, Really, really um, uh, high in bone broth. And glycine is really important in buffering too much phasic dopamine. So that's you. So it helps to buffer the warrior a little bit. 
Let's have a broth a day. So you should drink a broth a day to help basic you. Basic demons at pay. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> and it would help you concentrate more and help you have that sort of less hyper arousal. I must arousal. admit, I do miss broth when I don't have it every day. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're quite good in that we're, we're kind of, our slow cooker, like, just, just works around now. the clock, doesn't it, almost? Because yeah. we're just, as soon as one batch of bone broth is done, yeah. well, another one goes in and we boil it for 24 hours or whatever, then it is just nice to have. But yeah. we've been a bit rubbish because we've been away yeah, and we've yeah, just kind of been getting up and out and whatnot but I'm going to have a bone broth after this fantastic big one Hamish has it every day on his biscuits as well it's so calm <laughs> and ladies if, yeah. if, the, <laughs> if the less phasic dopamine doesn't sell it it's supposed to have amazing effects on cellulite as well reducing cellulite and if that doesn't because sell it I don't know what will <laughs> yeah, it has a big role in detoxification in the body so yeah I mean that was just one aspect where um, and what he was saying was it's not that you could talk about because um, he talks about being a vegetarian and um, and his mental health issues and says, you can't say that being a vegetarian caused yeah. my mental health issues, but there's definitely an association because of the lack of certain nutrients. Um, and what he did said, he also mentioned that some vegetarians who are having dairy products are going to get some of these nutrients, so have slightly better health. But mm-hmm. um, he just he mentioned quite a lot of studies about this, um, the um, increased risk of an eating disorder in vegetarians. And um, his sort of conclusion was to be a vegetarian in the first place, you've got to be a bit interested in food and maybe a bit sort of um, concerned about health. So you might be slightly predisposed to having not mental health issues, but being, you know, a bit disordered with your eating. Then you become vegetarian and you lack all of these amazing nutrients that give you nice, robust mental health. And so again your OCD might get worse. That was one thing he mentioned is, I think it was too much um, tonic dopamine, too much stability and um, and flexibility in thought is very strongly linked to OCD. Well, I would have said, though, that because don't get me wrong, I mean, some people are veggie because maybe they genuinely don't like the taste of meat and fish, but I would have said that was rare. Yeah. Uh, Some people are veggie out of their kind of like just their... You know, they, they don't believe in, you know, animal cruelty or whatever yeah. it may be. Or they just believe it's a healthier way of living, right? But either way, I think all of them will always believe that it's a, there's a, a, healthier, a, a healthier way of living. Yeah. And it's like uh, we've said before that, you know, like sometimes like your passion and what you believe in can can end up really being your ball and chain. Absolutely, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's because yeah. I was the same. Like, you know, I've never been a vegetarian in my life and I never will be. But... Really? There, there was once upon a time when, you know, I became obsessed with, I loved training and I loved eating to make sure that my training went well. But then I got to the point where my training was then dictated by my thoughts and I had to do a minimum amount of sessions a week. I had to be in the gym for at least two hours. Yeah, yeah. And if I wasn't, then it wasn't enough. And I used to just find something to do that meant I was in the gym for two hours. And nutrition wise, I became obsessed. Yeah. And I started removing anything tasty yeah because i believe that it can't be good for me because it's tasty yeah and i was only young i was like 15 16 like that kind of age and what you probably did at that time was remove a lot of the nutrients that were actually keeping you nice yeah. and balanced well i wasn't so you made any, it even worse fat. i was in no. the whole you know like low fat mindset yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so all of that went so yeah. i was I was, eating, I was eating no red meat yeah anything that i read the back of a packet of and i saw oh god high fat yeah that was out the window so it's pretty much chicken, uh, vegetables, and, and at that time I was still eating breads and pastas and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where, um, for vegetarians, a lot of, think where it falls down for them is 
that massive reliance on grains for a start. And, yeah. and obviously that's going to cause gut issues. And the three people that emailed me had inflammatory issues, which I think stemmed from poor gut health. Um, but then it's that question of, if, if, if I think all of them were starting to realise maybe this isn't the right way. I mean, what I would say is if you inc- if they had a dairy in in terms of um, butter, eggs, um, if they could get raw milk, that'd be fantastic. Um, um, unpasteurised yoghurt and things like that. Mm-hmm. They'd be getting some of the B vitamins and, and, um, and probiotic health and things like that. Yeah. But I also met, um, there was a company called the Real Foods Company based in, I was really excited about this, they're based in Alsager, Cheshire. Um, so they're literally where I grew up and it's like uh-huh. five, five minutes up the road. So we had this massive chat about Sandbach where I grew up. Really lovely family and we're hoping to get them on the podcast because what they've started doing is they follow the Western A Price um, way of eating and they've started to import all the products that are recommended. And um, you can actually get things like gelatin and collagen. You can have them as a supplement, like a powder. So right. if you weren't interested in boiling up bones for hours and things like that. Their daughter was vegetarian because they all used to be veggies and then turned to Western A Price way of eating. Um, but she still found it hard to eat meat. She actually butchers meat on the farm, but found it hard to eat meat physically because she'd never done it as a kid. So she drank bone broth, and then she added collagen into her morning smoothie, the collagen powders. It's a great supplement by Great Lakes that they import. And then she would have things like a panna cotta dessert and add the gelatin in. So she was getting all of the glycine and the um, amino acids that she needed from, and then obviously just mainly having the rest of sort of plant-based that was a great way. I thought that's yeah. a, she doesn't want to eat the meat. Um, if you do want to switch to try and eating meat, by the way, I'd start off with things like fish and chicken, that lighter meat first. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably supplement with HCL because you're going to have lowered your ability to digest yeah, protein absolutely. and meat. So I'd, something like Metagest or just a HCL and betaine supplement would be great. So um, what were the, you said that you had free messages from vegetarians. So uh, one was struggling with chronic constipation. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I would have said, such an overload of grains and and, yeah. um, and even fruit and vegetables. So looking at things like immediately magnesium deficiency because bowel's not moving, definitely there'll be dysbiosis in the gut. So looking at some probiotics, which they could do with raw dairy. So they could go some raw dairy products and try and get good gut flora in there. Yeah. Actually, just really excited about this. There was a company called the Chuckling Goat Company who huh. uh, were at the conference who sold raw goat's milk ke- uh, kefir. Because both you and I are intolerant to cow's milk. Yeah. So we've never had kefir, which is basically like a, a wonder food. Um, it's fermented milk, so it grows all the probiotics back. Um, and, and obviously then has all the benefits of milk that we've all been taught about, you know. Yeah. It does, milk, milk does have some huge benefits. It, it passes on the immunoglobulins from mother cow to baby cow, so it boosts the immune system, as well as having all your fat-soluble vitamins and stuff. Yeah. And protein. Uh, anyway, so good. yeah, so we, we discovered this company called Chuckling Goat, and we're in talks with them about getting a discount code for listeners, Bing. which would be amazing. And we've just put our first order in for twenty nine or thirty thirty weeks, thirty days worth of ca- uh, you, raw goat's you, milk you've kefir. Got first order, you mean? Yeah, because one of the presentations I went to was on the benefits of kefir and, and raw. Most people, um, probably not from the UK, will know about this because most of the cultures have been drinking it for most of their lives. A lot lives. of like, uh, Eastern European Eastern cultures. European, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and when I mention it to some clients, I say, you know, could you get hold of kefir? And someone mentioned it was in the Polish section of um, Sainsbury's <laughs> the other day. Oh, wow. Um, they said, oh, I, I was brought up on that, had a glass a day. Actually, it was amazing. I saw Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride speak, who is a bit of a gut expert. She came up with the GAPS diet, mm-hmm. so gut and psychology syndrome. Um, all vegetarians should read her book, really great book. But she talks about how, as a kid, they were told to get out of the bath and rub kefir 
in their sweaty bits. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't around, know I'll be going that far. In the groin area. Why don't we just bathe in a bath? <laughs> yeah, just bath in it. But around feet, underarms and groin, because that's where you'll get infect fungal infections mm-hmm. and like thrush and things like that. Yeah. So um, it would keep the balance of bacteria really good. And she also advised that women looking to get pregnant and men should rub it into the the crotch and groin area because obviously we know that um, if you've listened to podcast uh, 13 where Emma Myhill speaks about how that how the mum's bacteria basically is is ingested by the baby during the birthing birthing process so if you can change the balance of bacteria in the v area (laughs) preconception the v area (laughs) the v area oh or the veet area (laughs) Give a random shout out there. Um, and the men too, because obviously during conception, that area comes into contact with a woman. So if you've got some sort of, and men get this a lot, like candida fungal infection around the groin yeah. area, you pass it to the mum, mum pass it to baby. So we have ordered the kefir, not because we're going to rub it into our bits, but because we're going to drink it we're on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, so that was amazing. I've sort of lost my train of thought now. Yeah, I must think I have as well. Uh, but you asked about the vegetarians, yeah. So one was constipation. So I did, to, um, you know, sort of gut stuff really. One had, uh, again, it's a bit complicated, but um, almost like a fusion of um, organs within the body. Oh, I guess wow. it's called fistulas. Um, again, I'd be looking at inflammation. So anti-inflammatory nutrition, starting with the gut. But you would also need things like protein um, to really help heal that sort of damage and um, other stuff as well. And I can't remember the other one was more, um, had just sort of been thinking that it wasn't great for her energy level wise. It wasn't just sort of almost like chronic fatigue. See, I was going to say like the vegetarians I've worked with in the past, the the common kind of thing I've seen through through them all is a lack of energy. Yeah. A lack of energy when training, uh, you know, lack of concentration, etc. But I mean, I don't think it needs to be that you go... Um, as Emma said, you don't go from being a vegetarian to eating steak. You know, like yeah. Emma did it very step well, by step. Step, step change, yeah. And I would look at things like, well, could you add a cup of um, broth into some chicken, uh, into um, some butternut squash soup? So could you add chicken stock into your soup? Um, could you try a tiny bit of fish broken up into some mashed potatoes, like a bit of a fish cake or whatever? Like very small steps if you wanted to make that change. Yeah. Um, but could you look at, you could be a good vegetarian in that you could go out of your way to add things like supplemental egg yolks, um, some raw dairy. So you just have to really, you know, kefir and things like that, really yeah. go out of your way to make sure you've got good quality fat-soluble vitamins into your nutrition. Because the other thing that's really important for brain health, which you sort of mentioned earlier when you were saying you did your little phase of trying to drop weight, is everyone drops out the healthy fats. So that's the saturated fats and also the omega-3s. And omega-3s are hugely important for... I mean, for for depression, often um, in clinics, things like um, high DHA fish oils are prescribed to help um, yeah. alleviate depression. Vegetarians would tend to source their omega threes from things like flaxseed, um, walnuts, um, and um, I'm trying to think of the other one, and green leafy vegetables. But the problem is that that's got to go through several conversions in the body to make the long chain EPA DHA, which we could just eat straight from fish. Yeah. Um, so or seaweed. So, so long as a vegetarian acknowledges that they're not getting optimal levels through vegetarian sources and goes out of their way to get some, um, you can get algae DHA mm-hmm. as a supplement and takes that, then you know, they stand a better chance of having optimal sort of mood function, mood health. Make sense? It does. Okay. It does. We've had loads of questions about the oral contraceptive pill. 
uh, for women. Yeah, And right. what are the side effects of it? Because a lot of women are just taking it because they've been told to by their doctor or actually to support um, um, menstrual health because they've got issues there. Um, and obviously to taking it as contraception. Yeah. And one of the things uh, we've mentioned before is that there are some, um, there is nutritional support that you need if you're on the oral, con- oral contraceptive pill. But the first thing I would say is if you've gone to, and the reason I'm saying telling this story is I actually cut out an article that was in um, Sunday Times this week. And they were saying that they are almost starting to admit that certain contraceptive pills are associated with hair loss. And the reason this got my attention, one, I saw, oh my God, like side effects as a pill because we get yeah. asked about it a lot. But I was prescribed um, a pill called microgynon, which is on the list of one of the pills linked to hair loss when I was about 17. And I associate microgynon with the start of every single one of my health issues that have taken me about 20 years to undo um, because it caused so many health issues that then you get put on more pills. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So, and the first, one of the first things I noticed was I went to the hairdresser and she scraped my hair back and I had a receding hairline. And I thought, my God, I look like my dad. And uh, I remember coming home in tears saying to my mum, I've, I've inherited dad's, dad's hairline. Like, <laughs> my hair is falling out. And they all laughed and they're like, don't be stupid. And then you just styled it differently. So I just made sure I never scraped my hair back after that point. But the next thing that happened to me was my skin broke out horrendously. And that was where I started to have my acne. Um, I got put on the pill because the doctor was worried I would be anemic because I had the signs of anemia. So it wasn't for any, it wasn't actually for contraception. Um, And then it led to me having these, well, well, I believe it led to me having this skin breakout. So then they put me on another pill and um, microgynon has creates androgenic activity in the body so an increase in male hormones so that's why I got my dad's hairline <laughs> and my acne possibly you, you flow right ahead <laughs> yeah, possibly <laughs> yeah. so, and then my voice went deeper and started to walk like walk like a dude um, and then because of that they then put me on an anti-androgenic pill Dianet so which anyway that's a long story but that's how they lead you lead you on this cycle of like different right. pills what uh, So one I would say is, is looking at the type of pill you've been put on is really important and doing a bit of investigation around that. And if you're being put on it like I was for anemia, then for God's sake, go and sort address the root cause of the anemia yeah. now. Don't, get, don't go on the pill as a solution for symptoms if you can. Yeah. Work with a nutritionist or a naturopath um, and, and, and try and treat the cause, which Emma spoke about last week. Um, there are um, and it, different types of pills have different types of hormones. So do your um, do your research properly, and and so whatever your need is, make sure you've got the right pill. But understand that the side effects of the pill are depletion of B vitamins, um, depletion of zinc and magnesium, and also gut dysbiosis. So you must support with a sort of good either a good female multi, but I'd probably just do zinc, magnesium, and a B vitamin separately. And obviously. Lots of the awesome food that you've been mentioning. And um, yeah, support with either probiotics or loads and loads of fermented foods. So fermented vegetables or fermented dairy. So it could be kimchi, sauerkraut or kefir. Um, make your own fermented yogurt if you want to. Um, and, and in terms of the brands as well, make sure you go for a good pharmaceutical grade brand for your supplement like um, Solgar, Allergy Research, Solar Ray. Uh, probably get zinc and copper together as well. Yeah. Um, but that question has been asked a few times, how can we support being on the pill? And I would continue that. I'd do that whilst you're on the pill and I would do that long term afterwards. Um, and I would visit a um, nutritional therapist or naturopath about coming off it and get some proper support because the fear is that you come off the pill and all your symptoms 
return. So if it was acne, yeah, you were on yeah, it yeah. before. It just comes back. Yeah. If it was PMT, it comes back. So go and work with somebody one-to-one, step-by-step, so that you could um, look to switch to more natural um, remedies. And then in terms of contraception, it is probably going to be about, we are going to get someone on the show to speak about this, but doing natural methods of contraception. Um, we're getting someone on the show for this, are we? <laughs> yeah. Who? <laughs> um, it's in the pipeline. Okay. Just I'll leave that talk, to you. Talk about the rhythm method. The, the rhythm. <laughs> the rhythm method, which I used to think was about... <laughs> I'm not even going to go there, actually. Yeah, should we move on? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there, but yeah. We will talk about that on future podcasts. So, so that's it from Finito. Me. Yeah. Awesome. Let's wrap it up. Some good little nuggets of info there, Keris. Hopefully, hopefully. On uh, what Keris learns. <laughs> I just want to leave you with a little story, actually, because um, whilst we were here in Kent, Keris uh, talking about hair earlier, just reminded me of it. Uh, I was waiting outside Waitrose for Keris with uh, Hamish, and some woman had come up to me and said how beautiful his coat was, and that she she wanted to take a picture to take to the hairdressers because <laughs> she wanted to buy her hair the same colour. <laughs> That's hilarious. Love it. I do actually try and style his ears some days. Because he's like, <laughs> essentially, it is brown, but there's like hints of ginger. He's like chestnut, I would say. Really? It's very shiny. By the way, people do ask us what we feed him. I think I mentioned this earlier. And he is having things like bone broth. Um, we have a dog biscuit, which I need to probably put on the page. It's all natural, isn't it? Was it was recommended by a friend of ours, Ian Mayle, uh, and said it was like a paleo dog biscuit that's made of just meat, uh, uh, fruit, nuts, vegetables, and probiotics. Uh, thank you, Ian, for that. And then we tend to add bone broth, or we add things like egg yolks, chicken skin, uh, other vegetables. Liver, liver does tend to go right through him, so we're not doing so much liver now. He loves the bone broth, though, doesn't he? He does, yeah, he does. And it is quite cool because obviously everyone mentions how beautiful his coat is. Yeah, all his it's... dog treats are natural, so we take chicken and little bits of liver. And, and he's got a, a paraben-free doggy shampoo as well. <laughs> it's got, a, it's called Wow Wash, and it's a hundred percent natural. Lavender and I don't know what else is in it. We, we, we went on a massive walk through the woods the other day and um, he got absolutely caked in mud and I reckon there was an element of something else that didn't <laughs> smell very nice. Um, so we were like, right, he's having a bath as soon as he gets home. So he loves a bath though, doesn't he? Oh, he loves it. He <laughs> loves it. Wouldn't you though? Like, love someone bathing you. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Just, you just lay there. Just <laughs> someone does all the work. And... Uh, I mean, obviously, you can't walk like you can't walk five foot down the street, can you, with Hamish? Before someone being like, "Oh, look at him, he's so beautiful." Um, but everyone was like cuddling him, going, "Oh, he smells gorgeous. He smells gorgeous." <laughs> yeah, he smells of lavender. <laughs> but the other thing we uh, I've started feeding him a bit more of is um, is things like the caviar and um, and um, tin sardines and tin salmon and things like that. I did he does give like him, fish. Yeah, he does. He I'm trying freeze. to make him intelligent so that he'll walk to heel, which at the moment he, he doesn't do. And my left tricep is really feeling feeling that. Could <laughs> so. be a bit, getting a Ronnie Coleman tricep on you. Honestly, like, he's my training daily for an hour. Right then, so uh, let's wrap it up there. Oh, actually, one quick announcement. Um, we are going to have a series of seminars coming up. Uh, the dates are yet to be 100% confirmed. However, the good news is, as well as them being scattered around the UK, we're going to have a good few chunk of dates in London 
Hey, we keep saying we're going to do London, and considering we, London, don't we? we live there, it would make sense. But I just we're, think we're, people are bored of us in London. Yeah, they can't wait to get rid of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so guys, so watch out for those on the Fitter Food page. That is episode fourteen. Hope you loved it. As always, keep those questions coming in, guys, because it's uh, what keeps the podcast alive. Even though today's was a bit of a freestyle, and um, we kind of just used Keris's brain and, and all the information that was in there for this one. Um, but yeah guys hope you enjoyed it subscribe leave a review share away